ladies and gentlemen, I am back in my apartment for the first time in goddamn two weeks. Well, I've been back for a week, but as of the recording, I've been out of the apartment for like two weeks. Oh my God. It's, it's been a fucking nightmare, but it seems like I can put it behind me now. It looks like it. Uh, me and my mom are both still unpacking for the most part. My room is pretty much done. But the living room is still a little bit of a hot mess. But every day is a little bit less of a hot mess. So that's cool. But, um, it, oh man, it, it, there has been so much shit that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast today. So, uh, it is July 5th. You know, yesterday was, uh, 4th of July. I hope you guys had a good holiday. But, oh my god, man. Uh, I wanted to do an episode on the, um, I want to say it was the 13th. I think that was the day before we left. And I had to do that like emergency podcast that I coincidentally recorded to be aired way later. But I ran out of time. I was still packing the leave and all of that shit. And yeah, it was just all bad. But I I missed yesterday. I wanted to record yesterday. But then like I was going to record. It was kind of late. And then I was like, you know what? It's 4th of July, man. I think you guys will understand because I'm going to just be a day late rather than be a week late, you know. So I hope y'all can forgive me for not airing yesterday. I hope y'all didn't miss me too bad, but I'm here now, you know. And uh, as a person of minimal effort, nine times out of ten, I like to say it's the thought that counts, you know. So I was thinking about y'all and I'm here. And I hope y'all enjoy because I got so much goddamn shit to unload. I'm basically unloading like two, three weeks worth of life news and fucking politics shit and game news and shit there was e3 i haven't even really got a chance to go over my long ass list of shit so i and and the, the tv shows i've been watching i've been watching a, a good amount a good clip of shows lately so um i got oh man every section is gonna be jam-packed today but at the same time i haven't had dinner yet so maybe i'll take a break or something and y'all won't know it'll just be like a like a like that you know but um yeah so First off, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod, but uh, there might be some overlap between some of those struggle episodes in the hotel. But, uh, you know, bear with me because this is I these are all is the first time I'm recording since like the sixth where I actually have all of my notes in front of me. So almost a full a full month. So first off. I forgot what day it was because so long ago, but I went to uh, San Francisco Comic-Con. That was weirdly enough in Oakland. Bought a bunch of shit. Um, it, was, it was really dope. I had fun uh, with my friend Tasha. And uh, we met up with her homie uh, Joey. And, um, you know, and we had hung out with some other dude. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, had, we had a fun time. And that leads into one of my shout-outs. But, um... I'll get into that later, but, uh, so, but let me just tell y'all what fucking happened with this house first off, just to let me unload this bullshit before I even get into all the other shit, so, we were supposed to be out, first they told us today, first they said you don't even have to leave the apartment, you, we're just gonna, you know, just clear out the area and we're gonna replace the windows and then, uh, you know, then you'll be good to go. And a couple days later, the landlord calls like, oh, it's not going to be 10 days. I mean, it's not going to be a day. It's going to be 10 days. 
And so my mom's like, all right, fuck, that sounds like bullshit. So we stall because we're trying to see if there's any way we can maneuver. Nothing we could really do. And so she gets the hotel for us to be gone for 10 days because they're paying for it. And then after she books the hotel, they're like, oh, it's actually going to be 15 days. So and the hotel had a gap for that extra five days of us staying there. They were full because it was Pride weekend and we're in San Francisco. So, you know, everybody and their mama want to be here. Well, you know, everybody and their gay mama. I don't know. But uh, so it was packed for the one day. I think it was that Friday. So we had to basically leave that hotel for a day, go to near the airport to stay, which was a nicer hotel. I had uh, got some free alcohol for dinner and then I got free breakfast before we left. So that was dope. My only complaint is that apparently the pool hours were only for adults after 10 o'clock and I wanted to go on the pool at like six, but like, cause I knew I was going to be like tired by 10. So I didn't get to go on their pool, but you know, it was a nice ass place. I forgot the name of the hotel. It was something sweets, embassy sweets. I think that was the name of it. And then the hotel we stayed in the first time was days in. I like both places. Uh, Days Inn was right next to this like little like hole in the wall like grill that I was kind of going to a lot. So that was that was chill. I, I went and I smoked near the parking lot, you know, I mean near the uh, bus stop and parking lot. So that was chill, you know, nothing to complain about those places. But that whole leave for a day and then come back for four and then go back to the apartment. It's kind of like unnecessary hassle that was once again kind of brought up because of poor communication on our landlord's part which is probably like 60 70 percent intentional but um you know whatever so we get back to the apartment and before we leave like literally as we're leaving the door to go to the hotel the first night they fucking say oh we want to change your carpets too we're like what the fuck y'all didn't tell us that ahead of time so we have all these like couches and shit in the living room like tables and shit like no we can't change the carpet because you guys didn't tell us until we're fucking leaving and so we then they said okay uh well and then we counter offer saying well you can do the bedrooms because those are empty we have to move all of our shit out of the bedroom so they can replace two fucking windows so which is stupid as shit but whatever the mold issue so i didn't complain about that so they replace the windows and we take just do the carpet in the rooms don't do it everywhere else we come back they do carpet literally everywhere the windows are nice i guess but the blinds are in backwards my window in my opinion is in backwards as well and the blinds are in backwards but so it's like i kind of have to reach behind a bunch of shit just to like open and close my window so it's a minor hassle but i'm like at least i can have ventilation I've lived in this apartment on and off for literally my entire life other than like college and shit. So this is the first time I've been able to open my window. So that's nice. <laughs> but at the same time, they like went through our shit. They moved a bunch of shit. No one asked them to move. They did a bunch of painting. No one asked them to do. So it was like a whole bunch of mess. Then they moved a bunch of shit into rooms that weren't where, where they were supposed to. They like ripped like cords out of the wall and shit like cables that we had like stapled to the wall or whatever. They like ripped those out. They like did a whole bunch of unnecessary shit that no one asked them to do. And then to put the cherry on top, our furniture was two days late. So I had to sleep on the floor for two nights. 
So it was a horrible, horrible fucking experience. And hopefully it's past us. I wouldn't put it past them to find some minor bullshit. And like, oh, we found a rusty nail. We're going to have to put you out for three weeks. You know, that doesn't, that wouldn't surprise me. These dudes seem shady as shit. So, you know, I don't think anything was stolen. So that's the one thing I can say that was positive. But pretty much everything else is a hot fucking mess. A hot fucking mess. They didn't even like, they like broke some shit too. Fortunately for me, unfortunately for my mom, all the shit they broke was hers. So they broke like a dresser and I think two other things. And they took apart our mirrors and then for her mirror, they lost the screws. So we just, they just didn't put the mirror back. It's just a whole fucking hot mess. So we took pictures cause this is just like sketchy as shit, but hopefully that's all done. And, uh, also I had like kind of a life epiphany on Monday and this also leads me into one of my shout outs, but, um, I want to get into bow hunting. That's like my new thing now. I, I've never hunted before. I've never, uh, killed an animal or anything. I've killed bugs, but you know, they're bugs. Um, I've, uh, never fired a bow outside of a video game. So, uh, but the, I'll get into how I got onto this topic, but I'll just move into my shout outs. So first shout out has to go to Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman in the animated series and in a bunch of also, uh, animated, uh, movies. Um, I can't name any off the top of my head cause he was in so many, but I want to say mask of the phantasm, just bare minimum. So, you know, he's in pretty much all of the best Batman cartoons, that have been made in the last couple of decades. He's voiced for them. And also for, um, I want to say Arkham City and Arkham Asylum, he did the voice for them as well. So Homie is is the Batman, in my opinion. My personal favorite Batman. And I got a photo with him, so that was cool. I went to his uh, Q&A, that was dope. So shout out to Kevin Conroy. I, ho- I hope he lives to be 178. I wish him a long and healthy life. Seemed like a very cool dude. He had a lot of funny stories. He's very likable. And um, some people say don't meet your heroes. He's one of the few people I would consider to be a hero of mine just because Batman is my favorite superhero. And he has been doing his voice acting for like 27 years, I want to say. So he, he he's, he's like one of the Batmans. He's pretty much the Batman as far as time-wise. No one has him beat to my knowledge other than the writers, maybe. But um, yeah. Uh, second shout out, uh, I'm not sure if I did this last week, it's quite possible, but I'm gonna do it anyway, cause you know, this is my, this is my new favorite person. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's shaking up DT, got all these white folks scared and I fucking love it. I said, not DT, DC, but she just got everybody shook. Like Republicans can't stop saying all these horrible things about her. Some of them making shit up. Some of them just like are intentionally being dumb. It's kind of hard to split the difference these days, but it, it, the she is and the Democrats in power are scared because they might actually win elections and be liked and they don't know how to handle that kind of shit. So all the people, it seems like the quote unquote people seems to fuck with her heavy and that's what I like, but everybody in power seems to be pretty nervous and I like that. I hope they get nervous because maybe something will fucking change, but you know, in this, in this country, that's kind of a lot to ask for. For things to get better, for, you know, for brown people, it's kind of like uphill battle at all times. 
you know, um, if it affects white people, maybe it'll happen. You know, like, like they legalize weed in some cities because, you know, white people making a buck off that shit. So uh, black people get arrested. But anyway, shout out to Joe Rogan and Ted Nugent. How the fuck did Ted Nugent get in here? Let me tell you. So listening to this episode, uh, I think this was like a Friday's episode. I had just listened to it on Monday, so I was late. But basically, the first, like, I want to say, like, hour or so, they're just talking about in-depth just hunting and how he got into uh, bow hunting and uh, his dad was a hunter and he, met, like, met some hunters and I like, learned to hunt and all this shit. And then it's like they're talking about hunting in a way that I, like, I would connect with, like, some Native American shit. Like, it don't even seem like the bullshit hunting that I associate with people like Donald Trump Jr. where they just, like shoot rare animals and then like gloat over their corpse like that doesn't seem like hunting to me it just seems like you're a fucking sociopath but like what ted nugent was is describing was like fucking like pure hunting like goddamn a religion of hunting and i'm just like is i was just getting like hypnotized listening to him talk about it and i really just wanted to learn how to use a bow really bad because at the very fucking least all comes to, at the at the end of the day if i can say nothing else it's an apocalypse skill so very interested in learning how to use a bow and arrow and i already know what type of bow i want to use i already know i'm left-handed and left-hand dominant but i want to use a recurve bow and um i want to get good get my aim get confident and then hopefully I can find someone that can show me how to hunt or at least take me to places where like hunting is legal. And I, you know, go after a certain game or whatever, like quail or a turkey or something, something like that's not like, you know, a baby panda, you know, something that's not like fucked up, but just like, and then I want to actually be like uh quote unquote, like caveman where I'm not hunting just to like, oh, I killed this thing, took a picture for Facebook, but like, no, I killed it. So I'm not going to waste the body. I'm going to eat it. I'm only going to kill something I'm going to eat and I'm going to make sure I use as much of the body as possible. So it's not like I'm wasting it and only go after things that are overpopulated. So he was talking about like shit, like, for example, if there are a lot of mountain lions in your town or like, let's say like they're overpopulated in like a forest area and the forest area gets cut down, they'll start moving into suburbs or whatever. So you might say, okay, it might be fair game to kill these mountain lions because, you know, they're snatching little white kids. So if shit like that happens, I feel like it would be fine to like learn to hunt and stuff like that. So, but first things first, I want to learn how to aim and, you know, be a really good shot, be really comfortable with myself. And then I'll start talking about hunting. So this is kind of like a long-term goal. I'm not going to do this tomorrow or anything, but I'm just like really excited about what could be, if that makes any sense. So shout out to Ted Nugent for putting me on the hunting in like a serious way because Joe Rogan has talked about it a lot. But I'm just thinking to myself, uh, oh, sounds like a hassle, blah, 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 blah. It's not really my thing, da, 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 da. I don't know if I want to be really fucking with deer like that. You know, apparently eating venison is like the best shit. And, um, and honestly, Ted Nugent aged well. He does not look that, I think he's like 65 or something or 70. I can't remember. He's like, like, no, no, no I think he's 70 because I remember thinking to myself, if you put him next to, uh, Donald Trump. They look like they're in two separate age brackets because Trump did not age well, in my opinion. Like he looks like a piece of shit, but um, maybe I'm just reading into a soul. I don't know, but 
Uh, anyway, my last shout out goes to Kristen Mink. Kristen Mink was the um, young mother who confronted uh, Scott Pruitt in a restaurant and calmly held her baby and asked him to resign and listed a bunch of reasons why he resigned, why he should resign, which are all very reasonable reasons. And um, yeah, I thought I was, you know, really bold, ballsy, ballsy, really dope. And the reason she getting the shout out, because apparently the shit worked. This nigga resigned today. But um, yeah, I'm getting to that later. So as you can see, I've had a, I've had a fuck ton of shit to say because we're approaching 17 minutes and the podcast hasn't even started yet. So I hope y'all ready for this shit. So I'm going to take a quick water break. Let me do that right now. Anyway, so let's get into the politics. So, uh, forgive me. These dates are just going to all blend together. These, this is three weeks of notes pretty much. So we're going to talk about the G7 even though this happened weeks ago. because so that's the first thing on my list. So the G7 was funny because we all knew nothing good was gonna, like Trump wasn't gonna like make us proud or anything. Like like anyone on, on the left side of the spectrum is gonna say, you know, we expected a train wreck. And naturally he delivered because he led to one of the most iconic photos ever where him crossing his arms like a fucking pissed off toddler and like the rest of the world leaders just like, come on, Donald, eat your vegetables. And he's just like, no, one KFC. And he's like, no, mom, we're going to play Xbox and call people niggers in my room. I don't know if he calls people niggers. It just seems on brand for him, but you know, I, I don't. And no one on the record has said that to my knowledge, but I have no reason to think he wouldn't. <laughs> At this point, it'd probably be one of the least offensive things he said. But, um, yeah. Uh, and also, he wanted to get Russia back into the, the G7. And he, like, <laughs> like, he just really does not know how to make himself look less guilty. It's like everything he does is the exact opposite is what you should do. And it's just so funny because he's a hot mess and it's just terrible. And maybe it's funny to me because I'm just like mentally checked out, even though I know I shouldn't be. And it's just like, I just, it's just like such, such a tragic man that, that Donald Trump, you know, like he is like literally a walking tragedy. But anyway, on to the more tragic news. Um, apparently the trade war is, uh, still kicking up, you know, because, you know, he said t- trade wars were so easy, you know, and so naturally we're just going to keep going tit for tat, tit for tat until the economy crashes again. And what is bothering me is because I feel like regardless of what happens and regardless of how bad this is going to get, not, not can get, but will get, and this is going to get worse and worse and Democrats don't control shit. But I 110% believe that Trump is just going to blame Democrats and his supporters are either dumb or intentionally facetious just because they want to be or they're getting paid to be. And they're going to be like, yeah, it was the Democrats fault. And I was like, nigga, how? We ain't got shit. It's actually a huge problem right now. (laughs) But they're like, no, it's the Democrats. So apparently Trump wants to add 34 billion more tariffs on China effective uh, tonight at uh, midnight, apparently, at 12.01. And this is from the U.S. Trade Representative as of today. And I'm reading this from Bloomberg. And um, 
it, it, it's funny because at first he wanted to start a trade war with Canada and it led to one of my favorite tweets in recent memory from a, a person on TV where uh, Ari Melber, uh, shouts out to Ari, he had said, wait, we beefing with Canada now? And this, this is, I was just laughing so fucking hard because I was like, really? Like, how did Canada become the bad guy? And like, fucking Kim Jong-un and Putin are the good guys. Like, when the fuck this, this feel like everything is a fucking troll right now. But... Uh, there's a theory that we're all living in a simulation and when when he wanted to start a trade war and beef with Canada that's when I was feeling like alright maybe this is all a giant prank cause no like how do you like like look yourself in the mirror and say yes we're on the right side of history while well, you're starting fights with fucking Canada and they like tens of millions of people think that's the right move they think that's the wave like we gonna fight with Canada, well, like not Russia, not not Turkey, not Israel, you know, not you know, not Saudi Arabia, you know, not the wars that we're in, not Yemen, you know, no fuck Canada. That that that, that that's where Trump wanted to start that shit. It's just like wow, this is the world we're living in, and I have to keep telling myself that like on a daily basis, like this is the world we're living in. Like, these are the people who are in control of everything. Like, they're dri- they're driving the car, they're steering the ship, and I ain't got no life jacket, and I'm all types of fucked up. I ain't got no seatbelt, and it is terrifying, my God. Like, <laughs> you ever see somebody drunk drive and take a swig of Jack, which you in the front seat and the seatbelt broken? That's what this presidency feel like. <laughs> and Trump <laughs> ain't got no limits, man. It's just, uh, oh my God. But yeah. And so I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast, but a couple of weeks ago, I had to unfollow Trump on Twitter because I was just like, I already know everything you're saying is a lie or at the very least you're misrepresenting something that's true to push a lie basically so i was like why am i following you i don't care if you're the fucking president there's no there's no point of getting news from you when it's all lies so to and and what i and what i also made uh peace with myself is that if it's actual news and something that's actual important Either either pop up on my timeline or someone else will tell me, which is what happened today at work when I found out about Scott Pruitt. I was just working, 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 working. My manager is like, she she messaged me on Slack, and she's like, bruh. Well, she didn't say bruh, but she's like, bruh, Scott Pruitt resigned, and I immediately went on break because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I like took my headphones off all dramatic like the second she hit send and turned to her like what so I, I, uh, yeah so when shit like that happens and, and I didn't even know Trump tweeted about it until like hours later so like you, I, eventually the news gets out you know what I mean so I, I was like I don't need the fucking direct source from this bullshit no more I'm good y'all can have it and my timeline has been a lot more well, uh, I still follow Charlie Kirk, so I'm still being gaslit, so, but, you know, it's not as bad. That's the one thing I can't say. So, 
you know, shit could be worse. It's the only thing I can really say. But anyway, on to the next story. Uh, well, not even a story, but it's kind of like an aside. Like, I don't understand. Like, like the problem with not trusting Trump is that like, like I, like he, he lies so much that I won't even follow him on Twitter. Like, what do I do when some actual important shit is happening? Like, let's say when that fake bomb scare happened in uh, Hawaii a couple months ago. Let's say that was real. Would I trust Trump to do the right thing, make the right call? No. In fact, he'd probably make it 40 times worse just because someone said something mean about his hair. Or something petty. It's like, he's just, he just, he just revels in being an asshole. That's like the only thing I can really say. He just, like, thinks it's, like, a badge of honor, like, uh, I'm caging these brown kids, huh? They're all animals, ha, ha, ha. Make America great again, and I'm gonna make the Chinese make my hats. Like, this nigga is a fucking supervillain just for giggles. It's just like, wow, oh, okay. That, that's how you're living your life, okay. Those are the decisions that got you here, okay. And it's just like, wow. And people ride, and people fuck with him heavy. Like, it's just incredible how many people fucking love Trump's dirty draws, man. It's just, yeah, it, 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 I don't even know. It, I, it, it's, it's disappointing because, like, I understand politicians lie. I understand you can't really take everything you hear at face value. I get that. I understand Obama didn't tell us the truth all the time. I understand that. But when you're just lying about, like, just the stupidest, smallest shit, it's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Why? Just, like, why? And some people say it's because he's a pathological liar and he just, like, physically can't help himself. Like, he gets the shakes, like, fucking methadone, starts slapping his wrist and shit like I gotta tell a lie or I'm gonna punch none in the face or something. Or I gotta drown a puppy in a pool. Like, he just has to lash out and do horrible things or he just can't sleep at night. I don't know. It's, you know, I understand Republicans love this shit, but from the outside perspective, because, you know, I I love the Democrats, but, you know, as far as leadership is concerned, I want less and less to do with them. We need more uh, Alexandria's and less uh, Pelosi's, in my personal opinion. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just, you know, flabbergasted at how much people just stand for everything he says and does. And it's, it's like, okay. This is the these are the these are the hills you guys choose to die on day after day. Like y'all want to die on the cage brown kids hill, y'all want to die on the fucking revoke everybody's right hill. You know, like let's like let's just you know gerrymander and shit. Let's just suppress the right to vote. Let's support all the wrong decisions. It's like you know what? Fuck poor people. Fuck brown people. Like all of that shit that y'all just live and die for. And this. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, that's that's how you want to live your life. I can't really do anything about it other than vote, you know, or like donate to politicians or whatever, or protests, like you know what's happening over the past weekend. <clears throat> but it it's yeah, times are dark. So this this is def this is like the only way I can say it. it's definitely the darkest timeline. I mean, what else can you call it? <laughs> and I mean, I'm this. Yeah, that's the darkest timeline. And um, let's move on to more depressing news. 
So, remember when Donald Trump decided to kidnap a bunch of brown kids from their parents? Yeah, I do too. So, uh, the last number I heard was about 3,000. And um, Trump signed an executive order like, okay, we're going to stop doing it. Even though the the executive order basically just said, we're going to stop separating the kids. We're just going to throw them in detention with the kids. Like, oh, that makes it better. Just jail all the families. Let's waste taxpayer money. All right. You guys want to feed and uh, jail all these people for potentially years on end because apparently Trump doesn't want judges that would speed this whole shit up because that would make too much sense. If that's what he wants to do and just fucking just, just drive up the deficit just for shits and giggles to make brown people feel bad. I mean, I physically can't really stop him. You know, nothing in a legal way at least. So... I'm just, I'm just like, I'm like fanatically excited for November, even though I only have one vote. And even though I live in California and I pretty much know every single person who's going to win this November in my state, I'm just like, I'm looking forward to looking at like MSNBC and CNN or whatever report the, um, the voting results from different, uh, cities and, uh, states and shit that like I'm looking forward to that like 20 times more than like any playoff game any any sports game I don't give a fuck we got DeMarcus Cousins I don't give a fuck I want to know how the Democrats is going to do like cuz I'm pretty much 5 seconds away from registering as independent but as far as this uh cycle goes I am so team democrat it is fucking palpable like, goddamn, you can tattoo a D on my forehead at this point. I don't even care if you think it stands for dick. Because I am just that hard for the Democrats right now. Because these Republicans are just literally depressing me on a daily basis when I hear the news. It's just like, they just do shit to just be terrible. This, oh man. And people love it. They fucking love it by the by the million. By the tens of millions, they love this shit. And I keep, and I always stress that number is that cause we always get stuck in our bubble and we have to remember tens of millions of people love this shit. Now, regardless of how terrible you think it may be, like we can just make up a shit. Like there are tens of millions of Americans who support like clubbing baby seals for fun. Like I'm certain of it. Like if Trump says do it, they're going to be like, fuck it. Emperor leader said, do it. We going to do it. And that's fucking horrifying, but that's the state we're living in. We got Trump TV pushing everything he says. They don't give a fuck what it is. We got fucking the fucking MAGA monsters, this loyalist, this like foaming at the mouth. Uh, one of those niggas pulled a gun on a, a protest recently and he said, womp, womp, you know, shouts out to the Corey Lewandowski. So these people are, and, and it's funny cause they say the left is unhinged and the left is uncivil, but it's like. Y'all keep shooting people in the street or attempting to shoot people in the street and like no one really talks about it. It's kind of frustrating, but that's the state of America today. Awesome. So anyway, back on topic, Trump signs this executive order to reunite the kids. It's not really happening. So a judge in California, um, uh, according to, uh, shit, uh, according to, um, the CNN, on uh, late Tuesday, 
ordered a halt to most family separations at the U.S. border and the reunification of all families that have been separated and the first major rebuke to the Trump administration during ongoing furor over family separations at the border. The court order specifically requires federal officials to stop detaining parents apart from their minor children, absent a determination the parent is unfit or the parent declines reunification. Reunify all parents with their minor children who are under the age of five within 15 days and reunify all of the minor children uh, five or older within 30 days. And while while this isn't a laughing matter, I did hear one funny thing about this story. And, and, and it's funny in a depressing way where it's just like, oh, the six-year-olds are just fine then. Like that 30 days for the six-year-old, it's like, oh, that's fine. You know, I get it. You know, I'm not five anymore. I get it. I'm a, I'm an adult, you know. This is like, that's this is a fucked up joke. But I was just like, that's a very good point. And it's really dark and depressing. So, and um, yeah. Uh, and speaking of dark and depressing, I don't have any articles in front of me right now. But I've been seeing this pop up on my news feeds again and again recently about how kids are being forced to represent themselves in immigration court. And I think I first heard about this on John Oliver. That's what's stuck in my brain right now. I can't remember specifically, but um, this has been a thing for a while. So I won't specifically put this on Trump if I remember correctly. Um, I think this was America thing in general. But now, obviously, since we're shining a light on all of this shit and Trump has kind of fucked up the already poorly made system, so make it like 40, 100 times worse. So now it's really starting to be an issue where like they're physically not even letting people help the kids rather than in just being like, oh, you don't have anyone. You're on your own. Now they're actively like, no, you're not allowed to have people help you. You're six. Represent yourself. And so there's like four year olds and five year olds and shit in court trying to represent themselves in immigration court. And I can't imagine they're going to put up a very eloquent defense on their own behalf. So kind of a dark situation, but just another day in the Trump administration. And, you know, yeah, it, it's very understandable why uh, Rachel Maddow cried on air a couple weeks ago. I mean, it is, this is the darkest timeline. Uh, I I don't know how many times I'm going to say that. It's definitely going to be the name of this episode because that's the shit we're living in. But yeah, it's just like, holy fucking shit. Like, what won't you guys defend? And I was thinking about that the last couple of weeks. I'm just like, if this is what the, if this is what you guys are okay with now, what are you guys going to be okay with a year from now? And that is fucking horrifying because they're already like working really hard to make sure that these, uh, these asylum seekers and these uh, quote-unquote illegal immigrants, uh, some of them are definitely asylum. I would argue most of them are asylum seekers. Probably a large majority are asylum seekers. I'm not, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, so forgive me. But my gut feel is I would say most of them are asylum seekers, just based on everything I've been reading about this. So, you know, seeking asylum is not illegal. That needs to be repeated multiple times, like every fucking day. Seeking asylum is not illegal. So they basically just had their kids stolen from them because they had the nerve to seek asylum. So we just need to remind people of that, which is just fucked up on its own. And so this uh, court order has been passed down. And as of having this court order, the um, Trump 
uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but I, I saw this clip that was going around the internet where basically he's just like, oh yeah, we have all these records on these kids. We know exactly where they are. And recently I heard another record, I mean, another um, a clip of him. He was saying, that, oh, we know when they fucking last clipped their fingernails or whatever. And I'm like, oh, if that were true, then why are you guys doing forced DNA testing now? Because uh, as of a couple days ago, they're uh, going to start, you know, DNA testing because this deadline is approaching quickly for the um, under five-year-olds. And I believe that deadline is the 10th, if I'm not mistaken. So they basically have five days to reunite all these uh, very young kids with their parents. And knowing the Trump administration, competency isn't something that's high on their skill list. So I'm pretty much expecting the worst at all times and sometimes being surprised at how much they can exceed my expectations. So we'll see how they attack the goal. But last I heard, I think it's from TYT earlier today, <clears throat> they were talking about um, they were basically taking saliva and blood samples. My first reaction was they can't just take hair. But, you know. So I'm just thinking about our fucking rough ass fucking troops or not troops, but the people who are in charge of these kids. Um, uh, I want to say it's National Guard, but I'm not sure. I should probably look that up next time I get a chance. But the let, let's, for example, let's just say troops for sake of argument. The troops who are probably not medically trained professionals are injecting these kids. Hopefully they have some staff, but I mean, it's like, I'm just assuming the worst because they won't let the press in. They won't let us see anything. And every time they do release something, it's extremely doctored and very like well protected and get everything from the right angle. And everything is very, uh, attention to detail because they don't want us to see what it's really like. Because if they didn't mind us seeing what it was really like, they would let fucking senators see, which they won't let us do. They won't let the press in. It's like they they like you have to like call and give them notice when you're coming by that screams the up and up huh that just screams legitimacy like oh yeah you can come over to my house just give me like two days to clean up like dude what the fuck are you doing in your house is gonna take two days to clean up oh uh nothing uh don't worry about it yeah very very suspicious like what the fuck but <clears throat> these are our tax dollars hard at work so that's where we're at and um yeah, pretty dark. Um, yeah. Bam, I just had dinner and I'm back. You guys didn't even know. I snuck out on you. But anyway, I'm, I'm fed. I got the stamina. I ate a bunch of protein. Let's go. Anyway, I skipped the story on accident. So we're about to go back to that one. Anyway, North Korea has increased nuclear production at secret sites says U.S. officials from NBCNews.com. This story is naturally a couple days old. Uh, not that old, but the 29th, but um, yeah, a little bit old. So U.S. intelligence agencies believe that North Korea has increased its production of fuel for nuclear weapons at multiple secret sites in recent months and that Kim Jong-un may try to hide those facilities as he seeks more concessions in nuclear talks with the Trump administration, U.S. officials told NBC News. The intelligence assessment, 
which has not previously been reported, seems to counter the sentiments expressed by President Donald Trump, who tweeted after his historic June 12th summit with Kim that there was no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. So, what I tell you about Trump's Twitter? All this nigga do is lie and gaslight. That's all he do. And, case in point, there's no longer a threat from North Korea. Why? Because you gave him a bunch of shit? Like, who thought that was going to work other than you and y'all dumbass supporters? Like, everyone else knew that was not going to fly. Like, you know, you know he's done this before, right? He'll, like, say a bunch of nice shit and then back out at the last... Not, not him specifically, but North Korea. Like, they'll say some shit... I'm like, oh yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, that's fine. And like five minutes later, like, yes, yeah, psych, we ain't gonna do that shit. And Trump really thought this was gonna play out fine. But naturally, you know, North Korea you know, doing some uh, sketchy shit on the under. But, you know, this could only go well, right? Because, you know, Trump knows what he's doing. You know, you know, you can laugh at that if you want. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even have the energy to like do a do an actual joke delivery on that one. I'm just like... This fool really think that this is the wave right here, man. <laughs> but anyway, you know. Oh, on that topic, I know I didn't want to talk about this forever ago. I don't think I ever got a chance to say it, but um, I'm saying it now. This is latest shit. But after the summit, or when Trump was like, oh, we're going to stop doing the um, war games, quote unquote. And um, personally, I'm, I'm probably in the minority on the... Democratic side, but I'm not really against that, because uh, I just feel like personally we're always we we pretty much go in everybody's country with fucking uh, guns and shit, and then this you know just try to rock, and I feel like we could save some of that money, you know, maybe not help out every single country every single time, maybe we don't have to be Team America World Police for like five minutes, get our shit together. Maybe get this homelessness down. Maybe get Flint water. Maybe help out Puerto Rico. Maybe, you know, unite these parents south of the border. You know, maybe do something positive. Give everybody health care or, you know, drop the price of fucking rent or whatever. I don't fucking know. But nah, we gotta go to war or help every fucking country. I'm like, nah. Why is every fucking country our fault? That's my personal opinion. That said, the way Trump went about this was stupid as fuck. I will give that up. Naturally, he's a dumb motherfucker, so he did this in a dumb fucking way. But let's say he knew what he was doing. I wouldn't be against this position. But naturally, he's dumb. So what he did was basically said this shit, didn't tell North Korea at fucking all. I mean, I didn't tell South Korea at fucking all. And South Korea is like, whoa, you kind of just, you know, left this ass out. Didn't even say shit. We had to find out from the fucking news, basically. And, um... Yeah, so maybe, you know, communicate with your allies better. But, you know, that's not really one of Trump's strong suit. Either working with allies or communicating. You know, the only thing he seems to be good at is his lying to fucking white people. Like, if you want to put that on the top of his skills list, man, I'm with you. They believe this shit he say all the fucking time. And as a black person, I'm just like, bruh, this, these lies are not hard to figure out, dude. Like, is his mouth open? 95% of the time, it's a lie. Just work from that basis and then come meet the truth in the middle somewhere. Because, you know, most people won't say this, but I'm going to say it. 
on the right, nine times out of ten, they make some out to be way worse or or not as bad as they should be. And on the left, the exact opposite. Pretty much on every issue nowadays, we're on like the exact opposite sides of the spectrum, it seems like. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Nine times out of ten, all of these policies, there's somewhere there's some kind of middle ground. Problem is the people in charge, you know, the corporations, the donors, whatever. Those are the people pulling the strings, making the true decisions. So we can only really do as much as they will allow. So if we had actual people making actual decisions, we could probably find somewhere in the middle. That said, I think Medicare for all is probably not something you can really compromise. It's kind of like an all or nothing, which is something I'm in favor of. But other than that, most of these policies or most of this truth in general from all of the shit that is on Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or whatever, nine times out of ten, one side is putting extras on it and the other side is trying to make it not as bad. So, you know, it's it just kind of like thinking for yourself, making your own decision, uh, you know, see where you fall in the middle of the shit. You know, just try not to constantly fall for every outrage because uh, there is so much to be outraged over kind of just gotta like pick your battles i feel like brown kids in cages or like thousands of dead puerto ricans or flint not having water or you know just giving tax cuts to the rich or taking health care away from poor people you know raising the rent on poor people these things i feel like are worth dying over but um like i saw on my twitter the other day someone was still complaining about bill maher I'm like, bruh, like, why the fuck do you guys care what these fucking celebrities think when all of this fucking shit is going on in the world? Like, bruh, like, I've seen, like, so many people talk about Jay-Z on a fucking wave boat. Like, y'all know kids are still not reunited with their parents, right? Like, I understand we can talk about two things at once, you know, not everything has to be about Trump all the time. I get that, but, you know, just just, just don't remember, stay woke, Don't, don't lose... Don't, don't get complacent like I'm, I'm getting complacent. Like, you got you guys gotta be better than me. You know, you know, just, you know, we got, we gotta do our best because shit is dark and keeps getting darker, which brings me to my next story. Apparently, one of the Supreme Court justices is retiring, Justice Anthony Kennedy. And, um, since I don't know much about politics as of, you know, November 6, 2016, I didn't know much. So as of my last year and a half of learning about politics, I don't really know much about the Supreme Court justices individually other than Ruth is like, you know, America's hero right now. Because like, I'm not trying to like put a jinxer or put ill will into the world, but like if Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies, all is fucking lost, man. (laughs) Like she has to fucking do all the yoga and all the fucking uh, vitamins and shit. Like she has to live... And at the very fucking least to 2021 at the very fucking least and that's assuming Trump doesn't get reelected, which is I think more likely to happen than not so best case scenario she'll make it to the end of the Trump regime so long story short Kennedy is retiring so that gives Trump the chance to appoint a second Supreme Court justice after Neil Gorsuch, the uh, court is pretty much Republican as fuck. Not like, not depressingly Republican, but pretty fucking Republican. But not that Kennedy is retiring. 
pretty much all of the right and Trump seemingly are just all gung-ho about, okay, we're finally going to get rid of Roe v. Wade. And we're really going to like start clamping down on this abortion shit. So if you believe in the right to choose, probably shouldn't have voted for Trump. Nine times out of ten, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably didn't vote for Trump, but this is where we're this is where we are. So when people tell you that voting doesn't matter, you know, you know, just just point to all the shit that Trump is doing and then tell them to go fuck themselves. Voting obviously fucking matters, you know. But hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say, and hopefully we don't have a Trump twenty twenty. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Kennedy is retiring, so Trump has a list, and he's probably going to pick someone fucking horrible, probably worse than Gorsuch, I wouldn't be surprised, and we all know Republicans are going to pass whoever he nominates. They could nominate, he could nominate Satan, or fucking uh, actual McRib, either or, Republicans will vote unanimously for it. Susan Collins is pretending like she won't, but if y'all hoping on a Republican to have a conscience... Woo! You are setting yourself up for disappointment. Never bet on a Republican's heart. That is a losing bet. <clears throat> Especially in this era. But, you know, we'll see what happens. He retired. He, he announced his retirement as of the 27th. And his last day is going to be the 31st of July. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, apparently people are freaking out on the left naturally because, you know, uh, two Trump justices does not bode well for the next couple of decades. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I will keep it brief, even though it's kind of fucking weird how days after the, uh, Anthony Kennedy resigned or not resigned, retired, and, or rather announces retirement days after this happened a story breaks and in the, in the press how his son Justin Kennedy worked for a Deutsche Bank which loaned Donald Trump in total over a million over a billion dollars so it's kind of weird that we're just now finding out about this but you know um yeah it's just there's just so much corruption and fuck shit going on right now it's kind of hard to keep your head up other than like sticking your head in the sand, they'll seem to only be the options. Like, like just constantly be depressed by the news, or just stick your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist. Like whenever I'm seeing rich white people downtown, I'm just like, damn, must be nice, man. Y'all don't think about this shit at all, do you? I'll just be smiling and shit, buying dresses and shit at twelve in the afternoon. I don't know what y'all do, but yeah. So just in case you needed like a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of good news, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but Scott Pruitt resigned today, which caught me extremely the fuck off guard. I'm still in shock and uh, don't get confused. He's going to, Trump is definitely going to replace him with someone just as bad, if not worse, because this person will probably be smart enough to do his dirt in secret. You know, like, like Scott Pruitt was a rare piece of shit where he like, he knew, he knew for a fact, like he knew on his mama's grave, he was not going to get fired no matter what he did. He could have literally pissed on the Pope's shoes and he knew he would have not got fired. He knew he wouldn't have even gotten a mean tweet. (laughs) He knew he was fine. So I thought it was funny that he resigned 
because it kind of proved my point that there was nothing he could have done that would have ever gotten him fired, which is just incredible. I would go into the laundry list of all the shit that he's done, but I just don't have the energy. But apparently, he spent a couple thousand dollars, couple thousand taxpayer dollars on tactical pants. So I don't know what the fuck kind of tactics you need to do when you're working in an office, let alone the White House. I mean, uh, let alone Washington. But um, yeah, it, it's it, just a fucking piece of shit. He's not gonna be missed. And if anyone hires him after this. They are probably a corrupt piece of shit as well. And uh, they can all eat a dick. Yeah. How about that for being civil? <laughs> eat a dick, Scott Pruitt. Anyway, fucking up the environment. Half the shit he's done is probably irreversible too. So, you know, maybe we can all invest in gas masks or something. That actually might be a good stock call. Maybe I'll do that. Like invest in like some like kind of like what's the word like apocalyptic shit that's probably gonna start selling through the roof in a couple decades so when the world goes to shit at least i'll be rich enough to like you know escape ideally but we'll see can't really escape suffocation but or a solar flare but you know we'll see (laughs) money's no object (laughs) but uh, anyway he resigned and as i mentioned kristen meek uh, called him out And uh, she had a very funny response earlier today on Twitter, where after the news broke about Scott Pruitt, she added Trump and said, hey, where are you going to lunch tomorrow? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, Trump doesn't have any shame, so that's not going to work, but good effort, you know. Um, I'm really not with this whole, the, the left, the Democrats need to be more civil. My biggest problem with us for the last year or so is that we've been too civil. So I don't know how the fuck we've gotten to the point where they're like, you know what? These Democrats need to settle down. Like, nah, nigga, we need to wake the fuck up. <laughs> Fucking overthrow this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> just, surround, just surround the White House with picket signs and pussy hats, man. <laughs> it's like, this nigga gotta go today. <laughs> like, we're not waiting next week, nigga. Like, we run his shit right now. <laughs> But, um, you know, that's just God willing. Probably not going to happen. But that's fun to think about. This is like a mob, like literally like Gaddafi and Trump. Like that would be wild. Probably will never happen. But, you know, know, let's see how far he goes with these tariffs. Maybe he'll piss off enough white people and make something actually happen. But, you know, we'll see. I, I I don't think there's a limit where like MAGA will like eventually learn the error of their ways. Like, literally, like, Trump could literally rape all of their moms in front of them. And they would be all like, nah, it's fine. Make America great again. I get it. And that's just fucking wild to me. But, you know, these are the people we got to run against. (laughs) So, um, on that note, let's talk about some more wild fucking Trump shit. Apparently, this, this story broke recently. Apparently, Trump was trying to invade Venezuela and this is according to CNN uh, early uh, in 2017 I think it was I think it was early 2017 he was talking about invading Venezuela like multiple times and um, this is a uh, pulled from the article Donald Trump last August 
asked several top foreign policy advisors about the possibility of invading Venezuela during a meeting about diplomatic sanctions the U.S. was enacting on the autocratic government, a senior administration official familiar with the comments said. The Trump's, a- Trump's aides, including the then National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, who is now uh, not with the White House, you know, go figure, uh, vigorously urged him against the notion of a military invasion of Venezuela, warning him it could backfire and explaining that U.S. allies in that region were firmly opposed to such drastic action. And apparently that didn't really make sense to Trump, so he later on went to ask the allies as well. In the following month, Trump continued to press Latin American leaders about the possibility, including on the sidelines of the general UN Assembly when he uh, uh, dined with many of the leaders, all of whom said no, obviously. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he just, like, like lashed it out, like, I want to go to war with them, I want to piss this country off, fuck, fuck Canada, fuck Germany, fuck France, I love Russia, North Korea's dope, you know, love Israel, fuck Palestine, like, dude, like, like, Trump just lashing out, like, like, I, I can, like, literally, like, imagine them with, like, two, like, nuclear codes in each hand, just swinging at the air, like, I want to bomb them now, like a pissed off toddler shaking maracas, you know, but, yeah, the, the world is weird, so, fortunately, the next story is kind of like a normal scandal, which is weird. I don't, I don't know how this is normal, but like, like with the fucking kidnapping brown kids and protest this and this person's fired and this people, these people are doing this. Trump wants to fucking tax Canada. All of these stories have been fucking weird. And this story, while it is tragic, at least feels like a semi return to normal scandals, you know? Um, and you may have heard about this already, but we're going to talk about it anyway. The powerful House Republican, Jim Jordan, implicated in college sex abuse scandal. This is from uh, New York Magazine. Uh, Representative Jim Jordan, the powerful Republican congressman from Ohio, is being accused by former wrestlers he coached more than two decades ago at Ohio State University of failing to stop the team doctor from molesting them and other students. And uh, this article makes comparisons to Larry Nasser, the Michigan State uh, University and U.S. gymnastics team physician, you know, who was convicted of crazy amounts of sexual assault and molestation and all, all of those levels of abuse, sexual misconduct, all of that shit. Pretty much, goddamn, he just did all the shit that could have been done to these uh, innocent uh, young ladies. And this guy, uh, what was his name? Richard, Dr. Richard Strauss, who, if I'm not mistaken, killed himself in 2005, is basically the seemingly gay version of that. So he, and it seemed like he was way worse about it because in, in this story, oh, from what I understand about the Larry Nassar situation, all of the victims knew about it. But in this situation, it feels like all of the administrative people knew about it. And I, I don't know the Larry Nasser situation too well to speak on it in depth. But for this one that I'm reading right now, 
Um, the university announced in April it was investigating accusations that uh, Dr. Strauss abused team members when he was a team doctor from the mid-70s to the 90s, to the late 90s. And uh, Jordan was uh, on the wrestling staff from 86 to 94, before he became a politician, and he denies that he knew anything about it. And uh, these denials have been met with skepticism and anger from the former members of the wrestling team. And it seems like these people who are speaking out don't really have any beef with Jim Jordan. So it's not like they're doing this to fuck with him. They're just like, dude, it's like everyone fucking knew. The fact that you're saying you didn't know is super fucking sketchy because everyone fucking knew. That's basically the paraphrasing of this article. And what makes it even worse is that they're talking about uh, situations is like, basically this doctor, anything you did, he would ask you to take off your pants and he'd start touching your dick. Like, oh, you have a sore shoulder. Oh, you're sleepy. Oh, your knee hurts. Anything you ask him to do. He's like, all right, take off your underwear. I'm going to touch your dick and or balls. And he did that to uh, one person said, to possibly a thousand to two thousand athletes, and uh, yeah, this he would take showers with the students. He didn't do any workouts, so that was weird. And uh, people have been saying that, of course, Jim Jordan knew because everyone knew. So no one really knows why he's denying it. It's really fucking weird. But um, I don't expect him to resign. And you know, as, as I said, you know, expecting anything. Uh, anything uh, moral from a Republican is a very tall order. So, so um, naturally he denies it. Apparently he's trying to uh, go after the people who mentioned him. So, he, so he's not acting like a good fellow. So uh, it just seems like a normal fucking, a normal scandal compared to the Trump world. You know, it doesn't have Trump's name in it, you know. It's just like a terrible story involving a politician uh, Republican, so, you know, but, yeah, it, it's kind of a normal scandal, so let's go back to the crazy shit, apparently, seven fucking senators and a representative from the GOP went to Moscow on the 4th of fucking July, just was like, what do you even fucking say to that? <laughs> it's like like stories like this are like maybe we are living in a simulation because this whole fucking shit just feels like an extended trolling sequence and this shit is just wild and they went under the guise of talking about the rush uh, uh the election meddling and uh, they're warning them to not meddle in the 2018 election which I'm taking to mean as they're asking them to please meddle in the 2018 election. So this is a super fucking sketchy. And naturally, I don't trust Republicans as far as I can throw them. So I'm just going to assume the worst at all times. And we'll see if I'm ever disappointed. So, yeah. This is fucking wild. They chose 4th of July of all fucking days to go to Russia. Just fucking bonkers world we're living in. And guess what, y'all? Guess what? We finally hit the end of the politics section. But the question is, is all hope lost? I don't know. I want to leave the country, so maybe. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just listen to the news and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to move to Canada. Or like, I'll be watching the news and I'm like, fuck it, I'm moving to Costa Rica. Or as of like 
what, Monday, Tuesday, I was thinking to myself, ooh, what if I moved to Australia? Because then I could hunt. Maybe I could die a glorious warrior death. I don't know. Get killed by a poisonous snake or some bullshit. You know, do some, get my, get my Laura Croft on. You know, call me Larry C. I don't know. Get, get me a bow and arrow. Start fucking shit up. That hot ass weather. That's the only problem. If it weren't so fucking hot, I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. But I want to move somewhere cold, but I also want to hunt. But I got to learn how to use a bow and arrow first. So I also probably got to own one too. But um, I'm going to try to take lessons or something on uh, the weekend. So I'm going to uh, look into that some more. Sounds like hella fun. But long story short, I don't know if I could ride with America for too much longer. Because I'm like really just plotting to exit. Like like what country can my black ass go to with $5,000? That's basically what I keep typing into Google. Like can Google help me out? But um, yeah. Let's move on to the video game section. So I have been playing a bunch of video games naturally. And um, also E3 happened while uh, I was in my transitional period. So I didn't get a chance to talk about that. So I'm about to blow this shit out with my full list of games that I'm curious about. And uh, games that I'm definitely going to buy or at least play. So I am uh, all about that um, that Hollow Knight. So I finished Hollow Knight. Uh, what was it? I want to say I finished it on Wednesday or, or Tuesday last week. I want to say. But um, yeah, Hollow Knight, amazing game. I think I spent almost 30 hours in it. To be fair, at least ten of those were me lost as fuck. Cause I'm all I was always lost in that game. That was like my one complaint is that I feel like the map system was too hard at times. But it was a really, really great game. Some of those boss fights were really tough. I didn't I actually didn't beat all of the optional ones. Cause as I said, some of them were really hard. But uh I actually have to use a guide a couple more times than I would have liked to. Just because I was getting so impatient of like circling areas where I knew something was important. But I couldn't quite go to the one spot that I wanted to go to. So that was frustrating. But overall, if you, uh, I, I think I mentioned this the last couple episodes. But it was just such a great game. I just had to say it one more time. If you like uh, Metroidvania games and you want to play something a little gothic. Something challenging. Something different. Very, very high on my recommendation list. And this is probably like the sleeper hit of the year. Because um, it's just so fucking polished. It, this is so well made. It, it, the game doesn't try to do too much. Some games try to just like throw like 40,000 features in. And only like 20 of them are good. So this game just like knew what it was doing. And did all of those things exceptionally well. And it's a great game. And uh, I also haven't been playing too much Splatoon 2. Um, for some reason, my mom decided that she didn't like the way that my internet cords were set up. So she wants to get ones that are twice as long so they can be like stapled to the wall and shit. So long story short, I'm playing on Wi-Fi. So when I'm playing uh, like uh, Battlefront or Splatoon or whatever, I don't have that internet connection strength that I'm used to so it kind of like turns me off a little bit 
And uh, so I have been playing Splatoon 2, but once I get my all my shit set up final, finally, I'll probably um, start playing that a lot more. But uh, the game I've been playing the most lately is Battlefront 2. And um, I think I mentioned this a while ago, but it's a lot better than I would have anticipated. And I just assume it's because they fucked up so bad with the release and all that bullshit with the upcharges and the um, microtransactions. But, like, since then, it seems like they've been, like, trying so fucking hard to rectify themselves that they made this game, like, a solid 9. In my opinion. It's easily a 9, maybe 9.5. Literally has everything I want out of a Star Wars game. Has couch co-op, has online multiplayer, has a single player story, has great graphics, has a a customization, pretty much a lot lot of characters to choose from, a lot of maps, a lot of like modes, it's like there's a lot of different shit. It's, uh, it's, and I constantly switch it up. So it's a very, very deep game. There's a lot of ass in that game. There's uh there's a lot of a lot of stuff to play. Uh yeah. Uh I, I've uh I think I've only played like two no, I take it back. I think I've only played like maybe like nine or eight chapters of campaign. I've done all of the arcade, uh or well, at least all of it on easy mode just to get the trophy. But uh, I I've done all of arcade I've played every mode of multiplayer, I think, at least once, but I usually just alternate between uh, Galactic Assault or uh, Strike or Blast or Extractions. Those are the ones I usually play the most. Sometimes I'll play Hero vs. Villains just because, like, I want to be a Jedi, but then every single time I play, I go against the most fucking MLG badass I dope ass motherfuckers ever. I just fucking beat the shit out of my team, and it just makes me not want to play for like a long ass time. So like yesterday, for no like t- two days ago, for example, uh, we were on the villain side, and Luke Skywalker kept using his force push and knocking us off the stage the second that a uh, a boss target popped up. So we lost like I think like eight to zero or something. It was stupid. So uh, it was all bad. <laughs> and um but it's a really fun game i'm getting better uh i think my my uh assault ranking is 10 and that's the highest then heavy seven and then a specialist and officer like a two or three or something but uh it's a fun game and i only paid 18 dollars for it uh that was when it was on sale i'm not sure how much it is now but if it's still 18 dollars very much worth it you should buy it great game uh yeah i definitely ea fucked up all that shit ea just they ruins they they're gonna have a leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths for a long time but if you can get past that you know it's a fun game and uh i also played all of the demo for uh octopath traveler and uh i enjoyed it a lot but uh i intentionally waited until i finished hollow knight and I burned out on Splat- uh, Splatoon 2. And I didn't start uh, Battlefront 2 yet. I picked the perfect time basically to play uh, Octopath Traveler. Because I knew that the demo was 3 hours. But I didn't anticipate to get really into the game. And those 3 hours are going to fly by. Because I was like... I was honestly not even thinking about buying the game. Until I like got to like hour 2.5 of 
of the demo. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm definitely keeping this. So uh, and my save transfers over. So uh, I pre-ordered it. So it's going to come out next Friday. And I'm very excited. That's uh, Honestly, that's the only reason why I'm playing Star Wars right now. Is so I'm trying to take my mind off of how bad I want to play this JRPG. And uh, it feels a lot like a better version of Bravely Default and a lot more options because you get to pick uh, you get to pick your uh, the first character in the story and then like kind of like build around them so it's not like uh, I before I would assume you would just you know start with one and then collect them as you go along but uh, the, the fact that you pick your starting one is very interesting and I picked the hunter I forgot her name it's like, I think like Hanat or Hanit or something. And then uh, I picked up the Thief, Therion, and then I finished the demo. But very interested in this game. Uh, I like the battle system, and I can already tell that I'm going to be trying to get a lot of upgrades and shit. Because at least for the Hunter, you can collect uh, monster abilities, kind of, sort of. So it's almost like Pokemon, but it's like just one move. So just for that character alone and then the thief ability like naturally you have the steal it's like in every thief jrpg class it's like you steal that's pretty much it have high agility and you steal so uh and but you can pickpocket so that's cool too uh, all of the characters have their like own uh like uh not non-battle mechanic i guess where the, for example, the hunter, she can challenge anyone on the street to a fight, pretty much. And the thief can pickpocket people. And then you have, like, a little percentages of how, like, successful the pickpocket will go. And uh, I played as I played the other demo, the first one that came out forever ago. But I forgot everything that was in that demo, so I can't tell you what it's like compared to that one. But this one, I feel like I really got to enjoy the game and then just see it for what it was rather than this like, oh, you can only play this part. It's like, no, you have three hours. Do what you're going to do. And so I tried to make my time count as much as possible. And I really had fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm counting the days until that comes out. And so, yeah, I'm ready for the 13th. And um, I believe that's it for games I've played. So now I can talk about all these fucking E3 games. Because there was so many E3 games that I want to buy and or just play. I'm not sure. Some games I definitely want to buy, but a lot of them I'm just like, eh, maybe. So, uh, first things first, I gotta say that Microsoft obviously won. Anyone who says different, probably a fanboy, in my personal opinion. Microsoft definitely won. And I feel like this year, it doesn't mean as much as it should have meant. Because they definitely had a great showing. But I don't really think they won because they had a great showing. So much so as just that the competition didn't show up. It's kind of like saying, like, Nicki Minaj is the best female rapper. When there's, like, five female rappers. So, obviously there's more than five. But I'm just saying, like, for example, there are only so many of the pool that you're choosing from... And if they're not on the level of like, and like if you're, you know, a big fish in a small pond, I guess is what I'm saying. That's what it felt like. So I'm, I'm used to Sony doing the like, oh, we're just going to kill it because we're just going to fucking, just because we can. We're Sony. And Sony this year felt like they know that 
And they were just testing to like, well, we're going to win anyway. We can do whatever we want. And I was like, oh, no, you do not get to just do whatever you want. Like, I was like actually fucking upset. And they really just took a break during their own shit. Like, they didn't plan this shit weeks and months in advance. Like, fucking like, like me go to work. And then, like, clock into work. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a break because I didn't expect to go to work today. Like, nigga, you go to work every day. Like, <laughs> that's what this felt like. It's like everybody knows what E3 is for months. You know what your schedule was? Bruh, like, are you taking an intermission during your own shit? And I was, like, looking around. Like, did my stream fuck up or what? Like, no, they just really went on break during their own presentation, which I just thought was the most, like, insulting shit of the whole conference. And weirdly enough, it seems like Sony's is making bad decisions after bad decision because of that whole Fortnite fiasco, which I think is justifiable because it affected me as well. And uh, you can't transfer your fucking uh, uh, PlayStation Fortnite account over to your Switch or your Xbox or whatever. And before it was cute, but now it's just like you're being petty. Like, step it up, dude. Both sides are ready to like, like everyone is ready to do this except you. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're like basically making an ass of yourself just to make an ass of yourself. And it's not like this is making them sell better or making us think better of them. It's only making them look bad. And it literally doesn't cost them anything to have more people exposed to their shit. It just makes them more friendly and more encouraging. If anything, they probably lost sales, but you know, whatever. Uh, people, uh, gamers are petty. Let's be real. Gamers are petty, and doing shit like this is a bad way to get bad will and to get like uh, get a uh, bad press. I would say it's like it's just unnecessary. It's like you you could delay a game that should have came out or whatever. We'll understand, but it's like this is like bad. This is unnecessary. Like what are you doing? So, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, I fuck with uh, Microsoft's conference heavy, but at the same time, I knew I was never, ever, ever buying another Xbox, at least in the foreseeable future. But I will say this, Microsoft's conference definitely made me realize I need to upgrade my computer like ASAP. So, um, yeah, before the next, uh, before 2019 comes around, I probably am going to have to upgrade my computer at least a little bit. Cause I've, uh, I got more RAM recently, but I still need a new video card and, um, yeah, then it's a wrap. I'm gonna be playing all these fucking dope ass, uh, uh, Gears of War 5 and shit like that. And I, I, I respect the fact that Microsoft make all of their great games on Xbox also for PC because I'm just like, yeah, there you go. Make that money. Don't be petty. Sony, take a note. Make money, don't be petty. But, uh, yeah, E3, fucking killer year. So let me get into my list of games that I saw that looked really fucking dope. So, first of my, this is in no order. And some of these games have release dates, some of them don't. Some of them I just didn't write down or I didn't know or whatever. So, yeah, I'm gonna give you as much information as I got. Y'all gonna like that shit, because we thug life out here. Anyway. First game on the list, Cyberpunk 2077. This ga- this got a lot of people's game of the show. Uh, this was uh, CD Projekt Red's new game. They made Witcher 3, which is probably one of the best games of all time. 
the last Xbox game that I remember really loving. Actually, no, I'll take it back. Fallout 4. So, uh, Fallout 4 and uh, Witcher 3 were the last, like, Xbox games I loved before I sold mine. So, uh, Witcher 3, great game, so I trust what they're doing. But this game is a, a first-person shooter. Apparently, it's very different, um, and it's probably not going to come out for a long time. And uh, Colin Moriarty, uh, I think he said that it might be a next-gen game, which I was like, that seems plausible. Especially if they're not really showing anything that much right now. So, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I'm going to definitely buy it when it comes out, regardless of what console it's on. That's the whole point of me saving money, is that when new consoles come out, I can impulse buy them shits. You know, but anyway. Next game, Kingdom Hearts 3. Everybody knows what time it is. We got a, we got a release date, which I thought was really fun. Uh, it's a release date January 29th next year and they release the release date at like 10.30 at night Pacific time <laughs> it's just like what the fuck are y'all doing <laughs> but uh, you know it, it looks great it's one of those games where I'm trying to intentionally keep myself in the dark because I already know I want it so I don't need to be sold it you know what I mean like you don't have to convince me to buy Kingdom Hearts if I'm gonna like already buy it probably day one at this point i'm just trying to convince myself i need to replay one and two but you know maybe i'll cross that bridge when it comes closer to the release date and uh also off topic but this year i got trolled like like two or three times where i saw a game trailer and i said to myself holy shit there's the new automusha and it was something i never fucking heard of and so the next game is Sekiro Sh Shadows Die Twice. And this game looked really fucking dope. Uh, as I mentioned, it's kind of like Onimusha. It looks a little bit like Neo. Uh, it looks uh, really dope. Uh, supposedly coming out in uh, 2019. So we'll see. A lot of these games come out 2019, unfortunately. But uh, and also next game, Anthem. Actually has release date, 2019, February 22nd. I am very, very high up on Anthem. This is Bioware, and Bioware is like my favorite game dev, pretty much. It's either uh, Bioware or it's um, Bethesda. But uh, I know at, at the time of Mass Effect 2, it was definitely Bioware, unquestioned. But uh, So Anthem looked really dope. It, apparently it's a lot more co-op and kind of like Destiny than I would have anticipated. Or to be perfectly honest with you, preferred. So this definitely wasn't something I was asking for. But I trust Bioware to make a game that I'm going to like. Because this game seems story heavy. And you uh, basically can play it quote unquote single player. But you know, people are just there with you. So it's kind of like, like not intrusive co-op. Which is like, I guess technically my preferred way of multiplayer. I, I, really, I really don't like competitive multiplayer all that much. Uh, Star Wars seems to be a random exception. I'm really loving Star Wars and Splatoon 2 also seems to be another exception. But generally speaking, uh, online multiplayer, especially shooters, not really my thing anymore. But uh, Anthem is all co-op and it looks really dope, so, you know, I'm with it. And uh, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I actually had the chance to try this out yesterday a little bit. Um, it was cool. 
it's kind of hard to, you know, like get really balls deep in a demo of a story game. You know, like I can only get so invested, but I saw the seeds being planted. I saw interesting things going on. Uh, the main character, uh, I forgot his name, but uh, the little kid, he uh, wants to be a superhero, basically. Very uh, high on the imagination list. And uh, his dad's an alcoholic, apparently loves sports in like a seemingly addicted way. And um, yeah, it was an interesting uh, couple of minutes. I didn't finish the uh, demo because I went to bed. But uh, I'm uh, thinking to myself, I should probably go back and play the second Life is Strange. Because I played the original Life is Strange and I finished it and I loved it. Teared up at one point. You know, the, the part, I think episode four, where you see Chloe in the alternate timeline. Like, that shit broke my fucking heart, man. But, uh, great fucking game. Really good story. Uh, really interesting, uh, uh, story mechanic or gameplay mechanic. Uh, the rewinding of time and uh, manipulating of time, superpower, is very interesting and like a quote-unquote The Walking Dead type of game where you, like, make decisions and shit. So getting a chance to see your decisions play out and see someone, like, get shot or die or whatever and then rewind it and fix it in real time is pretty cool. So if you've never played Life is Strange, I think it's, like, 20 bucks right now at most. Maybe even cheaper than that. Great story. Uh, you can probably beat it in, I think, like, maybe, like, 10 to 12 hours, something like that. And if you love trophies, it has a platinum. Uh, I still haven't played the second one yet. That was a prequel, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, But first one, great game. And it was a PS Plus uh, a couple months ago, I think. But uh, yeah, that was dope. So anyway, back to the list. Crackdown 3, 2019. It's an Xbox game. Um, I never played any of the Crackdowns, but this one looked dope. And to be perfectly honest with you, the voice is Terry Crews, so now I'm like 100% in. So I would love to play a video game where I'm controlling like a super, like a, like a cartoonish superhero version of Terry Crews. That seems like a fun game. Like, I don't even care if it's a great game. It seems like it's going to be fun. So I'm going to check that out. Closer it gets to release date. And uh, Jump Force, this is for all the fucking anime nerds. Uh, from the trailer, they had, uh, if I remember correctly, they had Luffy and uh, Naruto... And I think Goku and Frieza, if I remember correctly, I don't know. But uh, basically, it's like a Shonen Jump, uh, the new Shonen Jump crossover game or whatever. And uh, I remember there was one on DS that I played a lot. Can't remember the name. I want to say it was Jump Ultimate Stars, uh, if I remember correctly. But that was like, of all the fighting games I've played in my life, that was the one I was the best at. Because you know how I know? Because I could beat the Japanese kids online. That's how I knew I was great at that game. So, um, yeah, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm hyped for it. I gotta see more. Hopefully they have some Yu Yu Hakusho characters in it. But, um, you know, we'll see. And, uh, Fallout 76, next, next on the list, comes out November 14th, 2018, this year. Ten days before my birthday, so I'm definitely buying it. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a huge Fallout fan. Seems different than the usual Fallouts, but I'm interested in it, so... Definitely going to get it. No question. That's like a guarantee. And uh, next game, My Friend Pedro, 2019. This is a Switch game, so I was definitely interested. And it just seems like a side-scroller where you just shoot people in slow motion. 
And I couldn't tell if that was because it was a trailer or if that was like the actual gameplay. But it looks really fun. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Hopefully it looks and plays as good as it looks. I mean, so we'll see. And uh, Just Cause 4, that comes out at the end of the year as well. Comes out uh, December 4th, 2018. Um, I might get this as well, just because I'm not sure. Because uh, I, I really enjoyed Just Cause 3. But uh, the problem with that is that Smash Bros. comes out in December. And, you know, it's Smash Bros., so everybody knows I'm going to buy that shit. And that's uh, the 7th. That's like three days later, so... Uh, it might get skipped, but Smash Bros. is Smash Bros. I have to get it. And um, The Quiet Man. Um, this trailer was interesting because the main character was deaf, if I remember correctly. I think this was during the Microsoft Showcase. I was interested in this game, but um, you know, I'm definitely going to have to see more of it before I make a lasting decision. But the, the trailer was good. That's pretty much all I can say about that. Uh, the Division 2. This comes out March 19th next year. And I never played the Division 1, but watching the trailer for the Division 2 and seeing how hype people were getting for it, and like, oh, they're doing this, this is what I wanted, oh, they're adding this feature, I wanted that, blah, blah, blah. It seems like all the people who played the Division 1 saying, like, this looks like a really good sequel. So I may check this one out, especially because if I'm getting into Battlefront 2, I don't see why I couldn't check out the Division 2. Because that seems to be like a co-op, kind of like similar style a multiplayer experience where like shit is just going down on like every level and uh dying light 2 that was on my list uh, i have dying light 1 and i never finished it and i really wanted to play it but i was uh i mean i really i played it but i just i really wanted to finish it but i was just fucking <laughs> I'll uh, be perfectly honest with you. I got to one part. I was like, nah, this is fucking horrifying. I can't finish this game. I never finished it. And Dying Light 2 looks dope too, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I, 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 I know that if I couldn't handle the first one, second one's probably going to be more scary. So we'll see. And next game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. This comes out uh, September 14th this year. Uh, this is probably on my uh, must-get list as well. Just because this game seems like it's more heavy on the stealth. And it looks really interesting. And uh, this, the last couple of Tomb Raider games that came out have all been really, really amazing games. So I don't see any reason why this one will be amazing as well. Seems to be like running the same. Looks the same about. So I'm definitely going to buy this one. And it's coming out on uh, PS4, I think, the same day as Xbox. So um, yeah, checking that out. And uh, Tunic... This was an interesting little uh, this little game. Uh, it just caught my eye. It seems like something I might play on, like you know, my Switch or something. But I think it's just coming to PC and Xbox. If I'm not mistaken. That's 2019. But if it comes to Switch, definitely buy it. And uh, The Last of Us Part Two. If you guys didn't see that trailer, it was fucking incredible. And the juxtaposition between Ellie and her girlfriend and Ellie murdering people in the woods. This, you know, very well done. Very artistic. I felt it in my soul. I was loving that shit. And I think it's funny that people are complaining about the violence about that game. Like, I guess y'all just missed the first one, huh? 
I guess y'all were just minors then. Y'all didn't get to play those games. But yeah, Last of Us 2 looks fucking amazing. But anyone who played the first one already knew that this game was going to be amazing. So no surprise there. Uh, we Happy Few. This was announced a couple years ago. But it seems like it's actually for real legitimately coming out this year. And uh, what is this? August 10th? Okay, yeah, August 10th. So that's pretty soon. Um, you know, I might not buy it just because I think it's a uh, PC only and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm fucking with the consoles right now. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite ready to get back into the PC mode, but, um, cause I don't have an Xbox as I mentioned. And, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. This is also one of those games that reminded me of Odomusha and then let me down. Uh, this, uh, it looks great. I mean, like, Sekiro, uh, uh, Shadows Die Twice, Ghost of uh, Tsushima, and Neo 2, they all look very fucking similar, and they all seem to play very similarly, and I want all of them. <laughs> they all look like great fucking games. So, uh, but unfortunately, none of them are Onimusha, so, you know, someone can still make that game if they want to make me happy. Take me back to the 2000s, you know, but, uh, yeah, uh, that game looks dope. Uh, uh it looks pretty, uh, this game, if I remember correctly, this is the one where, like, you can actually, like, jump and shit, so it seemed like a little bit more vertical than, like, Neo and stuff, and, uh, Dark Souls, those games, there's not much jumping in them from what I remember, so, uh, Ghost of Tsushima seemed like it's trying to separate itself from the rest of those games I mentioned. And, um, also Control, uh, I put this on this list, but to be perfectly honest with you, I don't remember what this game was when I put it on here. But if I put it on here, I was probably in league with everything else I just mentioned. So, um, probably a dope game. Can't tell you what it's about. So, let's move on to Mario Party on Switch! I've been waiting for this game for fucking ever. Because I knew that Mario Party, Super Mario Party, in fact, that's what this one's called, I knew it was only a matter of time before it came to Switch. And it's finally come to Switch. So now I'm like thinking to myself, should I have like a holiday party or like a, like a Christmas party or something where we just play Mario Party and fucking Smash Bros and just have a Switch night? That seems like it'd be fun. And then we throw weed and alcohol in that bitch. Oh, man. That sounds like a doozy. Maybe even a little pizza. You know, class the thing up a little bit. Because everybody knows pizza and class, you know. Go together like fucking peanut butter and jelly. Or peanut butter and pussy. I don't know. I don't know how you be eating your jelly, but, you know. Let's put some jelly on some pussy. That's, that's a snack. Probably shouldn't do that. You might get infected. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but if you take a doctoral or vaginal advice from this podcast, you are making wrong decisions with your life. I'm leaving it at that. I would have roasted you, but I'm like, you listening to me, so I'm not going to roast you. But I question your decision-making skills if you're taking pussy advice from me on the air, you know, when I'm talking about peanut butter and jelly. Anyway, back to the list. As I still got more, cause cause it's it's been a healthy E three. So, <clears throat> Fire Emblem 
Spring 2019. This looks like a real Fire Emblem game, so I gotta buy it. Because the last, uh, what was it, Revelations and uh, Conquest and uh, Birthright. That, like, trio of Fire Emblems. I played them all. I loved them all. They were great. And I am ready for the Switch one. It looks like it's going to be even better. And I was looking at the animations and the graphics and I was saying to myself, oh, this game looks great. And then I remember to myself, when you're really about that Fire Emblem life, you turn all that shit off anyway just because it takes too long. It's like, I, I just replayed this map 20 times. I'm not trying to see battle animations. Fuck y'all. <laughs> it's everything on high speed. No animations. No fun. Just give me the numbers. <laughs> that's all you add. Give me the numbers and the percentages. That's all you want when you're really about that fire of life. So um, I'm really excited for that game. That's high on my list. But that's next year. So, And uh, also Overcooked 2. Uh, I don't know if I should buy this for Switch or if I should buy it for PS4. Probably PS4 just because... You know, that's what I played the first one on the most, but Overcooked 2 is probably going to be the best party game of the year. And you can quote me on that because Overcooked 1 is probably my best co-op game that I own. And you can pretty much play it with anyone. It's very simple to play and all you do is make like soup and burgers and salads and shit and like I basically run a little mini restaurant, but sometimes you'll be like over some ice, or on the back of moving trucks, or in space, or on a pirate ship, or in traffic, you know, just, you know, it's it's a fun little game, it's really dope, and uh, Overcooked 2, I assume, is going to be even better, and uh, Monster Hunter Generations, this is also, I'm probably buying this, but we'll see once it comes closer to the date, only reason why I'm in doubt is because I put hella hella hours into uh monster hunter generations uh uh monster generations ultimate my mistake uh i, I put hella time on it on the 3ds and now it's coming to switch and i'm just like do am i gonna put the same amount of time into it i don't know i already played monster hunter world i was thinking about going back to that recently so i'm like like should i even like worry about the old school monster hunters like 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 have i have i moved on from the culture like, I don't know. So maybe they released a demo, because I feel like that's one game I need a demo for. Cause especially because World already came out. And World had a beta, to be fair. So they should really, really have a Switch demo. But uh, we'll see. I might buy it anyway, just because I love Monster Hunter. And uh, yeah, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Comes out August 28th, so I got a little bit of a ways. Like over a month and a half from now. And uh, I already mentioned Smash Bros. Uh, Spider-Man. That's uh, September 7th. That's probably one of my most anticipated games of the year, to be honest with you. Because everything else, I kind of know what to expect. Even with Fallout 76, I don't know, but I kind of know. So, um, Smash Bros, I know. Overcooked, I know. Fallout, I know. Uh, what else is coming out this year? Um, shit, I think those are like the big ones. Um, oh, Red Dead, I know. Pokemon, I know. You know, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, this, uh, Spider-Man looks like it's going to be a whole other thing. And I'm just super excited because it looks like they're making all the right moves as far as like 
every little bit of footage I've seen, it all looks amazing. So, you know, I'm really, really high up on it. And yeah. Also, what's next? Uh, Pokemon I just mentioned, but you know, I uh, mentioned uh, Let's Go and Pokemon. Uh, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. That's the full name. I mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago. But after, it comes out uh, November as well, if I remember correctly. But uh, yeah, Pokemon, I mean, what can you say? It's Pokemon. It's going to be great. They're, they're Pokemon games. I haven't really seen them fuck one up yet. So they're just like, some decks aren't as good as the others, but I haven't really seen them make a bad one. I don't think that's ever happened. So uh, yeah, it's Pokemon. They're going to do their thing. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to like it. And uh, yeah, that's all my E3 list. Uh, Octopath Traveler's on here. A red Dead was on here, but you know. Alright, yeah. You, you guys don't care about that. You know, you guys know. Red Dead's on everyone's list. It's Rockstar. And uh, I already talked about Octopath, so yeah. Let's close this bitch out with some television talk. Because, like, I, I knew I was going to marathon this bitch, but I'm really marathoning this bitch. We're at 140. We're at 100 minutes. And I still got one section left. Bear with me, y'all. We gonna bring this bitch home. So, I'm just gonna hit y'all with some quick hits. And I'm gonna get, let y'all rest your little weary heads. So, first quick hit. Apparently, the movie I've been most excited for all summer. Coming out soon. Very soon. Sorry to Bother You. With Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, directed by Boots Riley. Uh, apparently, IGN gave it a 9.7. Which caught me off guard. Because I never really expect, like mainstream press to give like black, black movies like high ratings so that's always assume that it's going to be black people who like them and all like quote unquote like professionals are going to be all like oh this movie had the edward in it too many times i don't like that like some stupid shit like that or whatever so i was kind of surprised that it's got a 9.7 and they said it was one of the best movies of the year so i'm just very very excited now it's like i already uh was trying to temper my expectations but now they're rising pretty high. I gotta, gotta calm down, but I'm super excited. I gotta see that movie as soon as I can. And um, also, uh, Orange is the New Black coming out soon. End of the month on the 27th. Season 6, if I remember correctly. The ladies are uh, going through it, you know. I won't ruin it, but, you know. The ladies are going through it. And, um, and I'll put it to you this way. Brown kids aren't the only people being separated in America. And I'll leave it at that. So, um, also, I caught up in Marlin. Uh, really fun show. I just learned it actually comes out Thursdays at 9 o'clock. So, coincidentally, I might actually finish recording and uploading right in time to watch it. But if you're going to listen to this live, you will not have time to watch it. Because this will probably go live at like fucking 9, 9, 10, 9 05. 9, 10, 9, 15, some bullshit. So, yeah, you know. You know, I hope y'all enjoy the shit. But, uh, yeah, y'all gonna have to fucking TiVo that shit. If y'all wanna watch it. Or do what I do and watch it on Hulu, like, two days later. Because something tells me I'm probably not gonna watch it tonight. And I'm probably just gonna watch it, like, on fucking Saturday night or something. Or Sunday morning. But, uh, yeah, great show. Hella funny. Still loving it. And a Luke Cage, the season two. This season two is good as fuck. 
Bushmaster is like a great like like the Luke Cage has some amazing villains. This show is like all of the villains are so fun to watch. It's like regardless if they're doing good or bad, getting killed, doing dirt, whatever it is, all of the villains are just so fun to watch. Shades is great, Mariah is great, Cottonmouth is great, uh um Bushmaster is great. It's it's this oh man. Just great. Ugh. And it's funny because uh, people were like trying to write off the season hella early. Like, oh, Luke Cage seems corny or whatever. I'm like, Luke Cage always been corny. He said sweet Christmas. Like, y'all really thought he wasn't going to be corny this season? Like, that's part of his character. He's like, he's like Superman. Superman is corny as fuck. But people like that. I'm not one of them, but you know, I like Luke Cage. He's like a black Superman, but he can't fly. Too busy getting shot at. But, uh, I don't even know why he buys new clothes. Like, somebody needs to answer that for me. Like, at a certain point, when people just shoot at you on sight, why do you buy new clothes? Can you get sick? Like, is that what it is? Like, you get cold? Or, like, what? Like, why would you ever buy new clothes? You know they're gonna put bullet holes in them the next fucking day. This don't make sense to me. Maybe I can understand the jeans and underwear because nobody want to see your dick in public. I get that. But as far as the hoodies and t-shirts go, bruh, they got holes in them to leave them shits. They just gonna get more holes in them. Like, what you gonna do? But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Every time he replaces clothes, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, bruh, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> it's like, how many times I gotta teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Luke Cage, I'm loving this season. I'm on episode nine. So I got uh four no I got five more left because I'm not because I just started nine, so um yeah, highly right. If you haven't seen the show, it's great. And according to critics, Luke Cage is the first Marvel show on Netflix that is better in season two than in season one. And the the more I watched season two, I was like, yeah, season two is it's like every episode is pretty amazing. Like, I'm probably pretty much, like, hanging on. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Well, what? What? And uh, some of the transitions between episodes are just amazing. I won't ruin it, but there's one with Bushmaster. I'm just like, oh, we definitely watching the next episode right now. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Suit. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so fucking... Now I'm getting hyped. It's so good. Uh, I might have to watch some more as soon as I get a chance. Maybe tonight. I want to play video games. We'll see. Uh, also, uh, I finished Glow. I finished season two. That, I was watching Luke Cage and I started watching Glow. And since Glow is a comedy and the episodes are half as long, I was like, I'm just gonna finish this. And, oh man, this season, season two of Glow, both season twos of Luke Cage and Glow were both better than season ones of each show. And that's a good sign. And, um, I haven't checked on if uh, Glow has a season three or if Luke Cage has a season three. But as far as I know, the critic reception has been overwhelmingly positive, and I don't really see like the the fans falling off from either show, so they should get season threes. But Netflix has been kind of weird with the cancellations over the last year, so you know every everything is in the air until it's confirmed. So I'll have to look into that later. But I would assume they're both safe bets for a season three. Especially Glow. 
Because Glow just has so much female power in it. Plus they got Allison Brie starring and, you know, Allison Brie's dope. And, uh, the mom who stars in, uh, in Glow is also really fun. Just because it, she's just like, I just don't give a fuck. And it's, she's, she's like thug in like a 80s white girl kind of way. It's like, uh, like an 80s a housewife. She's thug. Like in that, in that kind of like, in that kind of perspective, you know, she's dope. And, uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen Glow, uh, stands for, uh, gl- Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling. And it uh, kind of teaches you, like, shit behind the scenes, kind of, sort of. And, um, yeah, it's a really dope show. Really, really. Really fulfilling, but Billy Jilly. Willy Silly, blah, blah. That's how dope it is. How you like me now. Anyway, I highly recommend it, as with all the shows I talk about. Um, Claws, I am behind one episode, which is this week's. So, um, I've loved this season. Uh, I can't remember uh, the Russian girl's name, but she is like my favorite supervillain. She is just, she is just so manic and just, she'll do something amazing on one side, do something horrific on the other side. And she's kind of like the Joker who's like not self-aware. She's, she's amazing. She's dope. She's like a Russian Joker without the self-awareness. Yeah, she's just thug. And uh, so Claws this season is really good. And um, I'm only like three episodes deep, but I can already tell this season two is going to be off the hook. So I'm probably going to have to catch up on that soon too. But I'm going to finish Luke Cage before I watch anything else. And uh, The Shy, I watched two episodes of, and I really liked it. But um, I just got distracted with my Netflix shows because Glow and Luke Cage, their season twos came on. So, you know, a show I'm just starting this. You know, it doesn't have it. It took it to be like that. I'm not invested in anybody yet. You know, I know one dude had a baby with his girl, but and the other dude got shot and killed. But well, several people got shot and killed in the shot. The shot is fucked up. But like, long story short, I'm only two episodes of carrying into it, so I don't, it doesn't have my heartstrings yet. But Luke Cage, I got a whole season under me. Glow, I got two seasons under me, so they took priority. And honestly, I'm, I, they were both really amazing. So I didn't make the wrong decision. But eventually I'm going to get back to The Shy because The Shy was really good. It was really, really, really good. I just wish there was more time in a day where I could just watch TV. This is all I want to do is just like catch up on TV shows. But usually when I have free time, I'm just like, you know what? Time to play a little bit of Star Wars because, you know, it's Star Wars. <laughs> and um, also... Before I forget, BoJack Season 5 got announced recently, September 14th. That show is the darkest, hilarious show that I've ever seen. That's a cartoon. It, it's, it's, as someone who deals with depression, it's just so... that The level of self-loathing that he has is just so understandable. It's, his decisions make so much sense to me, even though I disagree with almost everything he does. Like, if, this, if I just did the math on paper, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. So, if you got depression and you want to laugh, whoo, BoJack Horseman is literally, it's like the Smiths of comedy. It's like the Smiths of cartoons, rather. It, it just, it, it knows that depression, buddy. So, yeah, dope show. And uh, on a side note, I also, uh, since I've been watching Luke Cage, and I, I feel like I've just been in the, like, just lost 
because I didn't watch The Defenders. So now I think I have to watch all of the Marvel shit on Netflix, which is kind of annoying, but I want to be in the loop because I didn't watch any of Iron Fist. And I, didn't, I watched like two episodes of The Defenders. I kind of half paid attention to one of them. And I didn't see any season two of Jessica Jones. So at some point this summer, I want to cross all of those off my list just so I can say I am fully caught up in all of the Marvel shit on Netflix. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, my TV list is, is just packed right now. I still haven't even finished Scandal, even though the series is over with. As I keep putting it off because I don't want to, like, make it official. So technically, I'm still, like, four or five episodes from finishing Scandal. So that's incredible. So I'm, I'm just so behind in all my shows, but, you know. Whatever, man. It is what it is, y'all. And we're almost at the two-hour mark. And my, as you can probably hear it, my voice is getting a little raspy, getting a little bit, getting a little bit uh, scat, scabbity, scabbity, scuba, scabbity, doobity da, you know that kind of shit. You know, like saying like Gladys Knight in the pips, like scabbity. I don't even think that's how she sings, but you know, that's how my voice is feeling. Like got singing jazz in the twenties, smoking a long ass cigarette. With your eyes closed in a black dress. I don't know why I'm wearing a black dress, but it's black and it's a dress. That's how my voice sounds. Anyway, the darkest timeline. I'm out this bitch. <laughs>